When the leaves turn brown, they come a tumbling down. Remember. Oh, it's autumn. There is a chill in the air and a chill in our podcast coffers. If you like Crisis Twin, consider donating a small monthly surcharge to the podcast that will help support the operating costs and just general good vibes of this enterprise. It's completely optional and you can donate as much or as little as you want, but much like Melissa Leo once said, consider stay warm. Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is the other co-head of UC3P, University of Chicago's Public Policy Podcast, the man known as Podcast Chuck. It's Charlie Lowe. Hi. Hey, Drew. How's it going? It's going. I'm like um, oozing mucus out of every pore in my body for reasons unknown, but we're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're making it work. So how are you? Doing great, man. Just happy to be here. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be an ally on the Crisis Think show. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Yay! <laughs> just happy to share the experience. We're so happy to have you. It's your support. It's that the support of allies that really make this enterprise go round. Um, I like to consider myself the flying buttress of support for the uh, for the community. <laughs> Thank you. We you're propping us up, and mm-hmm. I like the demographics of the audience of this podcast are um i would say overwhelmingly male so like they'll be i i would have to assume gay but like we don't know you <laughs> know we don't you we don't, don't know. know for sure so like you're either doing a great act of allyship or reaching the like unknown base that i just never really knew i had um though like <sighs> I, I don't I don't even know. This could be like a Joe Rogan-ish enterprise for yeah, all we're yeah, aware pretty, of. Yeah, a wide, a wide array of, of folks and fellas listening in. Um so I say it's it's okay. You know, I, I as a straight as a demonstrably straight man, I'm I'm here for all the other demonstrably, demonstrably straight, straight man. like whoa, <laughs> not, whoa gay, no. not gay here, fellas. Um no, I I, I call, pre- you are re- you're reaching across the aisle in a way that like i mean this 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 show is very like shock jock like we're we're really no we're we're um chewing bubble gum and kicking ass what are we what is that phrase i'm, I'm not sure is this is this blue comedy is this i don't know if it's blue yeah. comedy i'm on so much robitussin right now it would kill a horse so like i can't for what i don't know i'm not sick for what we can tell i mean but i'm also not like i need to be very also not to the audience because i feel like i'm i'm not being clear i'm not necessarily sick but i definitely am in a place where i like need to take cough syrup in a medical way if that makes sense to anyone listening like it's it, it's 
it's tough to be me right now. <laughs> so if things are a little off the rails today, like this is why. So no, I, I'm completely here for it. Um, funny you talk about being off, off the Robitussin. Um, did, did you ever know people who robo tripped school? No, not really. I have been around in my professional career in music business people who are way more into like robo tripping, like lean, all that. Um, then it yeah, was college. Yeah. Yeah. Robo tripping just kind of seems like the. I'm too, you know, I don't know. I, I'm too uh, uh, sus to to go out and actually get lean. So I'm just yeah. gonna buy the over the counter stuff. The my next door neighbor, my freshman floor, robo tripped so hard and so often that you literally. I, I wish I was kidding. There would often be little like bills of like tiny red Robotussin leading out of his room. As if, like, we didn't know he was already like, just taking an ice <laughs> scoop to his brain. No, it's like and, Han- like Hansel and Gretel with the breadcrumbs or whatever. I'm not kidding. You commonly see plural Robitussin on the floor, oh. like kind of like in a trail form out of his room. He It was so bad, he didn't make it out of the first semester. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it ruins it's a lot. It's not good. Like, this is not a pro, um, we're not pro cough syrup on this You're podcast, anti- unless you have a cough. I yes, am very anti-cough syrup. Demonstrably cough syrup necessary <laughs> moment in life. I will say though, my favorite, one of my favorite songs of the moment right now is about lean. And that is, mm. are you familiar with the song Poland by Lil, uh, Liliati? I am not familiar with the song Poland okay. by Lil, We're, Liliati. You will have to, after this, it's a minute and 29 seconds of pure bliss. Um, it's all about him taking the walk to poland the walk being the lean itself this is a word i was not familiar with and look um yeah i mean it's it's that's i i don't want to be like too how you do felling fellow kids about it but it's it's very much worth a listen it's very good hell yeah it seems like lean has as definitely in terms of the rap rap culture right like again not an expert don't mind the mf doom and the mad and the mad lib poster behind me in my room um i associated lean with like ugk like heavy you know southern rap yeah like, um you know like, like the, i Houston, mean future lil wayne all that like, yeah yeah and now it's kind of transcended into um like mumble it's people have done so much lean that it kind of created its own genre right like mumblecore rap mm-hmm. um where people are just so high that they could barely pr- pronounce any words or it um, just like it begets like this vibe, like like the mumbling, like lean or not, it just like is like the feature, not a bug yeah. of the yes. style. Like you, I mean, yes, yeah, it definitely it's it's created these like mood pieces that are definitely really hypnotic. I don't know. I mean, yeah, like there's no. nothing to this Lil Yachty song except the phrase "I took the walk to Poland," but it's like so good and the beat sounds like um yes i mean it's like silent hill video game music like it's really whoa yeah it 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 really hits like a very specific button in my brain um i do wish it were like two minutes longer but mm. yeah, wh- why are songs so short now Can you, it's as someone in the biz is it like a streaming thing 
it's a tiktok um, thing for sure oh, um yeah, just yeah and i mean streaming sort of started that but like it's mostly a tiktok thing because everything needs to be in like digestible snippets but mm-hmm. i'm not sure i mean this definitely is like a tiktok song in that it is one phrase that is like sort of designed to be memeified. sure but i also think this was and I don't remember who, I think it was the writer Sam Hockley Smith wrote this, um, that like, this is supposed to be like an intro to an era more so than a proper single. It just blew up because it's like really good and really catchy. Yeah. Yeah. I respect that. And you're right. The, like the, the timber, the mumbling of Mm -hmm. like the, the, you know, the talent, the rapper uh, that does contribute like a specific vibe that is really hard to replicate uh-huh. unless you're on lean but right like it, it is it specific vibe and is it in a way like very unique and does like provide a uh a, a dip something new at least right like you can't say music isn't innovative it is like iterative right like yeah, people, that- things are changing even if it's obviously like you know taking from something a little bit older uh, in fact, I I never tell you about my uh, radio show in college. No, I just does not mean to be a a, a Charlie Bragg session. Well, the first no, thing I mean, about you're you're talking ro- robo tripping campus radio DJ. Yeah, too, the so campus no. radio. Me and my uh, me and my old roommate uh, Rudy. Shout out, shout out, on a hey, Rudy. Uh, we had a radio show called Sampling Soul, where we took modern and, and like kind of classic hip hop tracks. And then using this amazing website for all of you who haven't seen it, whosampled.com. Yeah. Um, they kind of break down like songs and and where the beat was sampled from. And so it was a great way to explore, you know, influencing genres within music, specifically within hip hop. Uh, so there's a lot of like Afro beat, like Fela Kuti. Got, I got really introduced to like African, like Afro beat music from hip hop and from that um, music show specifically. But then also, like, obviously a lot of Motown, a lot of jazz, a lot of yeah. soul, um, and, like, rock and roll as well. Uh, it's just It was just so sick to uh, to be able to, to learn about the history of music through the music itself, not like a book. You know what I mean? And, like, thinking, oh, why would they sample that? Oh, he's from the same town where so-and-so was born, you know, from where, like, Nita Simone is from. Oh, cool, that's why he sampled her in their song and whatever, whatever. And the, the producer... Um, the producer rapper um you know like interchange and relationship is always something very interesting to me as well yeah so, anywho no i mean like we a few weeks ago um a friend of the pod will sandercock came on to talk Ooh. about like i mean just sampling and popular music right now in general but like we we talk a lot about like the celebrity producer going solo like that sort of thing like i mean it just is yeah, it's a big phenomenon. And speaking of which, actually, I think it's time to play our first segment. Let's do it. So we're going to play Ring the Alarm. I am going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history. And you're going to decide whether or not to ring the alarm. No and what does to. ring the alarm mean? Good question. Ringing the alarm means you're alerting someone. You're like, you need people to either be talking about this or you think it's fine as is and we can just move on with our day and not have to interrogate this in a way that makes people feel very upset about the current state of affairs because we do live in a uh declining nation state and a world writ large so yeah 
Is that a, is that a good answer? That's, that's great. That's okay. great. I'd like I, to ring the alarm bell on how low the Mississippi River is. I saw people driving ATVs across that joint. Yeah. <laughs> that I, crazy. Like you could drive a Raider a razor scooter through it right now and like you'd be fine. Um uh, also okay, so first scenario is also a little bit apocalyptic to me. Um Kanye West is buying right wing social media app Parlor. Are you ringing the alarm? Uh I would like to ring the alarm yes through i'm not sure if i can ring the alarm for the other ones as well if it's if it's exclusionary or whatever this is nuts yeah this is nuts and okay, then also, elon does he have enough egging money to... him on i can't not talking about elon and that's about elon i can't about talk about Kanye. elon yeah you can't talk about okay let's focus on oh yeah yes yeah yes um fair uh, I don't know if you're right. I don't know if he has enough money for this at all. But also, what's the market share of Parlor, anyways? I feel like it's just like neo Nazis and like just yeah. crazy. I don't know, just abs the the nuttiest of nuts. It, it, he's, I mean, he's gone full like QAnon conspiracy theorist. Like, I mean, it's almost too dark to talk about. Like, we try to keep it light on this podcast, but like, Connie has been a subject throughout i mean this is the 86th episode of crisis twink like we've talked about him since like episode two basically and this current trajectory is just so awful i don't think he has the money for this though like i don't know how much parlor is like evaluated at like say like twitter and twitter is properly evaluated according to markets mm-hmm. at 31 billion dollars sure what i like i can't imagine parlor is even a tenth of that no chance but that's still 3.1 billion dollars kanye west is not even and no one no one's gonna finance him so like who's gonna yeah, who's gonna loan kanye money yeah like i, I mean he can't especially with all these like fallen through deals like the gap deal done balenciaga mm-hmm. done like where is the money coming from yeah, he's lost so many sponsorships. It, it kind of reminds me of Tiger Woods directly post like uh, golf, his wife but, beating yeah. him up with a golf club, right? Like just people dropping him left, right, and center. But I mean, he's got that huge ranch in uh in in Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah, he's got the school. I'm sure you've talked about the school, the charter school. Yeah, yikes! Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just. Uh, like in in the he'll still sell out he'll sell out any stadium he walks into he could open a concert and say hey i'm, I'm doing a show in sofi stadium in la tomorrow yeah Buy tickets here and people there would be the resale market on that would be like insane no i just, mean the, just... the going rate for them like i mean face value would probably be 150 knowing like you know that stadium and also just like the current touring market like uh, his stands are rabid and like even this past week with like the anti-semitism and everything like they are bending over backwards to defend him and it's yeah. i just like i you know i i've really loved connie's music for a long mm-hmm. time as many of us have and i think it just like i the buck stops has to stop somewhere and like i think we've really just zoomed past the point where it's just like acceptable to really keep engaging with him like this. yeah like I, 
Yeah. So to answer your question, yes, I am ringing the on this. Yeah. Uh, this is I'm, Kanye is. I mean, like I just wish him well, but it's just like, dude has gone off the rails. Yeah. There's no other way to put it. And it like, simply isn't. I don't want to like speculate about anyone's like mental health or anything, but like I, the mental health does not excuse what's being said. And it's no like that. Way. That's like a common stand defense right now. And I just want to say, like, there are a lot of people who have like mental health problems who are not saying the heinous shit that he's saying. Like, yeah, there has to be an accountability somewhere. And I, I don't yeah. know. I okay. agree fully. Moving on to something that is one of my favorite gossip stories in recent memory that we ha- somehow have not talked about on the podcast yet. Uh, Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen are probably getting a divorce. Oh, I'm not ringing the bell because I, I'm not a Tom Brady guy, but I revel, revel in his, in the fact that his team sucks this year. Yeah. That his wife's leaving his, his life. He's like a, he's made a half million, half billion dollars in NFL earnings alone. Yeah. Not getting sponsorship deals. He's doing just fine. But he keeps going back for more. He keeps going back for more olive. That and it's. <laughs> I think that's disordered too. <laughs> like I, I yes. can't. I, I don't. Maybe it's because I don't have a winner's mentality. Maybe that's what it is. But like, if your wife gives you an ultimatum, <laughs> being like retire, bitch, or else I'm out of here, and then you do it, and then two and a half weeks later, you're like. Uh, actually i'm going back at age 45 i would be so pissed i would be so pissed and like like you must really love football yeah and very... how much do his kids hate him right like they just want dad home you know throughout yeah. the school year right and, and like obviously the kissing son on the mouth kissing the kids on the mouth video is is a tough look but like i don't know like that's that's not that like weird to me but wife is like hey honey do you want more long-term brain injury and potential for catastrophic like life ending you know physical impairment on the football field or a quiet family life where you can rest on your billion dollars in global brand recognition that you are the best the best athlete in the most popular american sport of all time the best he is he is the go i hate him yeah and it's it's like get like hang it up bud like father time contrary to what mr thiel is saying the time will come for us all yes and this is the tragedy of giselle she gave up her thriving modeling career. Yes. To move to Boston for 20 years. It is very hard, especially for the younger people listening to this who were not like maybe aware of her impact, but Giselle Bunchen was pretty close to the most famous model in the world, if not the most famous model in the world for a good five years inescapable like face everywhere mega superstar could have moved into like acting hosting other stuff if she wanted to she basically retired 
for this man who promptly packed her up and took her to Boston. Like that, that is so, that is a sacrifice. Yeah. And she's still obviously working and doing cool stuff now. Like she's like kind of dipping her toe back in like her strutting down the catwalk at the Rio Olympics opening ceremony, a moment, a big moment for her and for the wonderful nation of Brazil. But like, Mm -hmm. I love I love a good Brazilian person with an umlaut in their last name. Yes, I'm curious like, when their parents came through. Yeah, like it, it it she she is representing. She's international. She is Miss Global, and for her to get saddled in Boston and then God forbid Tampa, like I I would be pissed too. Like I'm glad she immediately like the first thing she did when she left him was move to Miami. I think that's smart. Yeah, I support her. I free. This is a free Giselle podcast for sure. Um. And Tom Brady's plastic surgery looks crazy, allegedly. Bad. But yeah, it, I mean, I, I'm sure. Again, he's <laughs> he's getting he's gotten younger, which there's only uh, a couple ways he can do that, right? Um, well, but like now he's gone too far because yeah, you know there are time lapse videos that you can go see on the internet for how the faces mm-hmm. change. You can see that, and allegedly it's surgical. Maybe it's not, but allegedly it's surgical. This newest innovation let's call it in his face he got the buckle fat pad allegedly oh. removed and he looks like it's like dish it's so mm-hmm. crazy a 45 year old should not look like that question do you think giselle would have been like on the trajectory of like the hot blonde woman that's in the american zeitgeist and and like uh brooklyn decker or like well she's um, bigger than brooklyn decker yeah like way think- Giselle was there. Like she was like yeah. truly like international establishing. Like, she I mean she was even Inter- yeah, movies. sure, sure, sure. Like I I she was literally everywhere. She dated Leo DiCaprio too way back mm-hmm. in the day. Like well, she was like the original Leo girl. Yeah. One of how many? Like I bet she was the like the first in the long oh, line. Like do you think that she set him up that she broke heart and then then made oh him my God. you know commit the commit the offenses that he has in, in you know his dating life? She is like the pathological root, I think the mm. the term is. Like I can see that theory. I can really buy that theory. Cause he's become such like he and Tom Brady are almost two parallel souls like someone we have really i mean leo's been around for like 30 years at this point but like people who have had sort of the exact same level of fame at the exact Mm -hmm. same time peaked at the same times and obviously have have kind of given up a lot for their craft yeah for a lot to show for it but also like sure what cost what cost Okay, okay. We have to move on to our last yep. scenario here. Putting fake spider webs on your lawn for Halloween. Are you ringing the alarm? I'm not ringing the alarm, but it is tacky. It's tacky as hell. Okay. Are you ringing the alarm? I don't think I'm ringing the alarm because I like the idea of it. The mm-hmm. thing that really hinders me is the cleanup. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're putting in your bushes, like... I feel like you're like self-inducing a TP. Yes. 
Yeah, it's you're it's self-induced TP. That's a that's a really good way yeah. to put it, actually. Yeah, it's it's impossible to clean up. It's like, hmm, how do I spread microplastics more effectively across my across my yeah. yard where my children may play? <laughs> they and, and they think it's like cotton candy and yeah. like you spend your it whole does kind of look life... like cotton candy. Yeah, I mean, like, you spend your whole life teaching kids not to vape, like, not to put Legos in their mouth, and then, like, they go outside and they just eat the webs off your, your yep. azalea bushes. Yeah, that's no good. It's I, it's a tinsel. I'm not a tinsel guy on Christmas trees no, for the I, exact same purpose. Not, I was not no raised way. in a tinsel household. Like, I mean, it, it's way too soon to talk about Christmas decorations, but no. I my family is very much, like, an ornaments or bust kind of thing. And that's still, like... I have a little fake tree that I put up um, and I have one little ornament that hangs on it and I don't do anything else with it. That's cute. But like, one, I, like, I like a one ornament. That's like a, that must be very special. Well, we're not, I, no, just, we're not talking about Christmas. We're not talking about We're not Christmas. talking about Christmas. No, it's, but it's, like, it is. I'm a big like pro holiday decorating person, especially for Halloween. Like I really do. I was like on a walk in the neighborhood that we live, we both live in um, yesterday. And I was just like taking pictures of all the houses with like the witches, up, the pumpkins on the porch. I love that. There's something about the spider webs though, that I like, I do like the idea of it, but it just seems like a lot more trouble than it's worth. Mm-hmm. And the environmental aspect of it too. Like, is it, um, biodegradable no chance but like does it it does it dissolve in the rain oh i've never actually touched it so like i I, I can't speak yeah i can't speak to that either no um right into the show folks if you know yeah if you know anything (laughs) if if the plastic shit you put on bushes can get uh dissolved in rain is that what it it is plastic though it's not it's gotta be right yeah is is it Mm. i feel like putting cotton outside is not a good idea no, cotton, they'll just like, get wet. That would get moldy the moment ugh. it just the light drizzle. Imagine just, yeah. just shredding pure cotton outside. That would be, that would be it, it would literally turn into just like oh I'm my god, in. no. If you can ugh. imagine like leaf molds already so bad. Um maybe that's why I feel bad. The leaf mold. Ooh. Maybe I'm in like a leaf mold induced psychosis. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Huh. I think there's like a horror movie about like fungal mold. Oh yeah, that induces like hallucinations and. I'm not, oh 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 is that the um happening the M Night Shyamalan? Well, that's movie? the one where the le- the trees tell you to like kill yourself or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> aka being on Twitter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so bad. Okay. Um, Charlie, I think we have to move on to this episode's cultural emergency. So what are you rushing to the ER today? Uh, what am I rushing to the ER today in terms of um, like cultural issues that I'm dealing with? Yeah, the, what you want to talk about. Oh, well, I'm... Is this a reveal? Yeah, this is this is what you're telling me. You told me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. Yeah, I, I've got yeah. I've got some on my chest. <laughs> I've got I've got a theory, a couple of theories. Um, I I love a good comeback story. I love a good comeback story of of actors and I'm rushing the emergency room for happiness, not necessarily sadness. Although there are going to be bumps in the road along every you know actor's career. Um, 
I uh-huh. came to Drew to talk about the Robert Pettinessance, as yeah. I like to say. Um, I really, I think I've watched the Twilight films maybe once, probably not all the way through. I, I have a distinct memory of watching part one of the last one, um, which I've conveniently pulled up here. Oh um last one oh god oh no well uh, I, I remember i watched the la- oh breaking dawn part two yeah in a motel outside of uh outside of the grand canyon national Park. that that um, seems about right yeah <laughs> A good it was just on tnt or whatever mm-hmm. uh and then i was like oh let me see how i, I know it's bad i want to see how bad it is yeah Dear God, unwatchable. I, yeah, I don't know if it's the direction. I don't know if it was. I see Bill Condon here. What's Bill Condon done? Bill oh, Condon's God. done a lot of good stuff. Like he did Gods and Monsters. Yeah. I think he's done Chicago. Some... Yeah, he did Chicago. Chicago. That's fun. But man, he's done some stinkers. Some Beauty and the Beast stinkers. live action. Yikes. Yeah. Some real stinkers. Like oh, crap. Breaking Dawn Part Two, and I think this is a source material problem too, because the books are like pretty bad. But n- spoilers for a movie that's like ten years old at this point. <laughs> like a, Breaking Dawn, YA, a YA, movie a YA, that's a decade, like, mo- the decade old, and that like everyone who's listening to this probably has some sort of like nostalgic relationship to already. The movie and the book essentially are two they're big dream sequences. Like it's this Mm -hmm. like hypothetical dream sequence about what would happen if all hell (laughs) broke loose and then flashback or like, you know, zoom out of the dream or whatever. Hell doesn't break loose and nothing happens. So like it's a waste of everyone's time. And I'm, I think the books were like this too. Like people were not happy when that book came out. I've only read the first Twilight book. Okay. And I've seen the first movie and the Breaking Dawn ones. I have not seen whatever the one in the middle is. Yeah. I don't think we need to miss anything. Point being, Robert Pattinson, poorly directed, probably fine cast, right? Like, he is kind of brooding and emo. And he's yeah. done the, he's clearly done a good job with that with the latest Batman, right? Like, very, yeah. you know, emotionally grounded. I, I liked it. I know people, some people thought he was, like, too emo but I thought it was it was a nice gritty tale of you know a character that we all kind of know and we all know we probably should be this like gruff, but then they actually went there as opposed to you know um, the previous series, right? Yeah. Um, goodness, but in like emo's a different take for Batman than like uh-huh. Ben Affleck being some like sad sack or Chris or, like oh, Christian God. Bale's Christian Bale. This- own specific thing but like you wouldn't call that emo necessarily no. i kind of like robert pattinson doing this like i don't know it's like 80s like like he's a batman who would listen to like the cure and like be like really yes. like i like it when they lean into the gothy side of things yes gothy not emo i would say yeah, yeah that's that's a better approximation of i think we're at um but so counting down well we all know that his his breakout was of course Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, the rare uh, Cedric Diggory. Yeah, 
He's the rare dying actor who's on been in two big YA franchises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it was kind of literally cut short, right? Mm-hmm. Only at least he only had one good, good, you know, movie in that series. Yeah, um, I thought he was great in Harry Potter. Um, obviously, like the emotional weight of his death, obviously, is the kind of the hinge point from like, you know, the but childhood I- to like adolescence, adulthood, right? Yeah. Um, which I think is is it's a powerful, uh, it can be a really powerful tale. Um, but I've just been happy to see his blossoming ever since, you know, Twilight, you know, coming out of the shadow critically and like, con- I don't know, it's critically panned outside of like the very niche. I mean, they, how much money did they make? Tons, right? Like he could have just retired yeah. and, and been a normal guy. But I like that he was just like, no, screw that. I'm going into weird, esoteric, indie films for a little bit and get spun off into you know major blockbuster successes once i like my acting chops are reestablished, which i i love once you like i just looked those twilight movies each essentially made a billion dollars so like (sighs) that is just like an insane amount of money let me google his net worth i really am like curious about that actually robert this may not be an actual figure because usually they aren't but like Robert Pattinson net worth. His net worth, what's well, this $100 million? But I think that actually seems low to me. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, whatever the case, he has like more money than he knows what to do with. And he could take a step back and not work for the rest of his life if he really wanted to. Like yeah. um, that he's like doing this cool indie stuff like that's stretching his range and like making weird choices to work with cool directors. Like, I mean, it is a parallel with Kristen Stewart too. Like both of them yes. like, came out of the Twilight movies, doing working with like French auteurs, and like this. Uh, the, Robert Pattinson's done stuff with like the Safdie brothers and David Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. Like he he does really interesting work. Yeah, I I loved him in Good Time. I think that I hadn't really watched any of his movies prior to Good yeah. Time, and when I saw the trailer for Good Time, I was like oh my god this is literally robert pattinson as you've never seen him yeah. before as the the old you know saying goes right and then i was like okay like watched it loved it it felt like my heart was beating on my chest the entire time uh, i do think uncut gems is better but i think that the safety brothers are um easily shot up to being like my my most like what's their next project like checking in on them like yeah once every quarter like what's they have announced anything i follow them on, on instagram like i don't do that for most directors safety brothers like their style um and like their characters yeah. all scumbags all pieces of shit um and, and it's just like it's great it's there's like no real heroes in their movies um big fan but then yeah you go back into like lost city of z um the rover i really love good. the rover yeah that rock yeah that rocked very That's a, uh, I don't, mad maxi very mad maxi Early, like i do love, first like, mad maxi an australian like road movie is always going to be like a good time um i do think like you definitely need would need to do like a second write-up of the robert pattinson character these days like for those who are not aware the rover is a really good post-apocalyptic australian like road trip movie it's like a thriller kind of too but like Mm -hmm. robert pattinson plays a 
like a neurodivergent naive like childlike man essentially yep. i feel like i didn't say something good just now but like yep. he like he sings he's obsessed with the song pretty girl rock by carrie hilson as well like it's a weird collection like robert that character should not work as well as it does and robert pattinson kind of single-handedly makes it like come together yeah it is odd to just be like you're in you know the desert and then there's robert pattinson playing you know a simple character yeah as they say yeah and like it is nice to know that like even in the apocalypse carrie hilson will still be famous he will always be famous carrie hilson <laughs> um yeah I'm going through his IMDb right now, and I actually have not seen a lot of these movies. I'm not really. Have you never seen The Lighthouse? Oh, okay. So The Lighthouse, I think, is his like crowning achievement. And crazily enough, we are recording this um, on the three year anniversary of its release. Oh, well, incidentally enough, that's exactly what I planned on. I don't know if you knew that, (laughs) Drew. Definitely (laughs) plan on that. Damn, yeah, I what, love I love this film. I so, love this film. so good. Um, I remember vividly going to see it with friend of the pod John mm-hmm. McDonough, and like we both walked out being like, it, like it felt like we got hit in the head with baseball bats. Like it was, yeah, perfect though. I I really yeah. love that movie, and like I, I, he and Willem Dafoe like had really good chemistry together. Weirdly, like. amazing chemistry i want i love both their characters interesting such strong unique characterizations great like you know it's it's a a a simple story told really well yeah um with you know ample i mean you name it right like greek mythology uh excellent dialogue period piece you know horror ex super supernatural not getting like you know fully into it right but it's just there's a fate and all these interesting themes uh nature versus man like very classic um you know uh uh oh what's very very like who's the guy who wrote those um I don't know. It's, it's know, man versus yeah, nature. Like Classic man now, versus nature. Oh, Jack London. Jack London. Yes. Like a Jack London type yeah. of style. Sure. Sure. Um, it's just like, uh, it's perfect. That movie, I, it's something you can't watch a couple, maybe maybe twice, maybe three times in your life. But Robert Raggers can do no wrong in my book. Yeah. And and I think he was perfectly cast there. And that was the crowning jewel of the Pet Tennessance. I think... Uh, now we'll see what happens. Tenant was pretty good. Devil all the time. Oh, I didn't good. see it. Batman good. I he's in he's in the new Bong Joon Ho movie, which that's exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um, he's playing a. Well, it seems it's so coincidental that we talked about Blade Runner with Audrey this week. Um, this seems like kind of a Blade Runnery plot. Um, feature adaptation of the science fiction novel by Edward Ashton. That follows the story of Mickey Seven, played by Robert Pattinson, an expendable who is a disposable employee on a human expedition sent to colonize the ice world Niflheim. After one iteration dies, a new body is regenerated with most of his memories intact. So he's basically doing like replicant stuff. Yeah, replicant or like Moon, if you ever saw that. Was oh, yeah, Rockwell. with Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That slapped. Yeah. That was a great film. Great movie. 
Um, yeah, no, I mean, he, this is, this will be good, I think. Like, I love a Bong Joon-ho movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he just always- let, Just dump on the social commentary, please. Bong. Dump on the social commentary. He's such a good, like, actor's director, too. Like, yes. I have no doubt that this performance is going to be really interesting and weird and fun. Steven Yoon's in this, too. I love Steven Yoon. Um... Yeah, this will be good. He was supposed to be in the Safety Brothers TV show. Um, TV show? Yes. Did you not know about this? Okay, I so did not know about this. It is. So I believe it is called The Curse. It stars Emma Stone and Nathan Fielder. As Shut a, up. As a couple with a like HDTV style reality show where they renovate a house. But then they fall victim to a curse while doing it. That's amazing. And at one point, Robert Pattinson was attached to do the Nathan Fielder role. That makes sense. Which is a very weird replacement. He also just dropped out of, like, he was supposed to work with Robert Eggers in this. um, They're remaking Nosferatu. Yeah. With the guy who did The Light Faust and The Witch and um, Northman, which I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Um, Good. It Very seemed fine. awesome. I just like it came out at a weird time and like didn't have time to go. Um, but Robert Pattinson and Anya Taylor Joy were, were supposed to star, and then they, because of scheduling conflicts, got recast. And it's Bill Skarsgård and Lily Rose Depp. I mean, could do worse. You could do worse. It's. I've never seen Lily Rose Depp in anything except for the trailer for The Idol, which we have talked about incessantly on this podcast. Let's get <laughs> that show out so we I can stop talking about it, please. Um, but yeah, Bill Skarsgård, I can take relief, but like, I don't know. Anyone in the last Skarsgård, I feel like is they're destined to be an actor. Yeah. No, I mean they're, they're literally up to like, good things. There are four of them yeah. currently working right now. Like I, th- I mean, that's they're the Kardashians of Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> but like fun, more fun and palatable. I feel like we cannot talk about um, Robert Pattinson without talking about the Kristen Stewart of it all. Yes, yes, I agree. It is really, and this is I like their stories are just like so inextricably linked because of where they came from but also just like the paths are so parallel as we talked about but like it is really wild with 10 years of hindsight to think about how like Kristen Stewart a like did not used to be known as like the most famous queer woman in Hollywood besides Mm -hmm. Ellen like she was in a relationship with Robert Pattinson and then cheated on him with like one of her directors and then wrote a very Uh public letter being like i love you robert i'm so sorry i totally forgot about that yeah i totally forgot huge tabloid moment that was like the big like relationship we don't really have like big relationship scandals anymore which is why i think like the just the jason sudeikis olivia wild thing is so like juicy for people so juicy and yeah i I mean that situation's dark this one never really got dark though it was just like old-fashioned cheating photos yep they old when, when when tmz was in the ground floor yeah damn 
I totally forgot she cheated on Robert Pattinson. That's crazy. I know. And then he like they dated for a long time though. I mean like yeah, because they got back together after that. I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. They broke up in 2013, and then Robert Pattinson dated FKA Twigs for 24 from 2014 to 2017, and then he essentially this is a crazy history. He like I'm gonna use wife swap not like in actuality but like he swapped partners with Shia LaBeouf and Shia LaBeouf started dating FKA Twigs and Robert Pattinson dated Mia Goth the star of Pearl and X from this year who's having a big moment and then she Shia and Twigs we don't want we shouldn't talk about that on here but like that's a dark situation and then Mia Goth went back to Shia and they are married now Great. Oh. Awesome. Weird. He's Can dated get some Shia... weirdos. Yeah. I would <laughs> like... I would I would not mind Shia LaBeouf never getting a renaissance, honestly. I'm no. good. I'm good he... with him being kind of on the outs from you know when, when he popped up earlier in the summer disputing Olivia Wilde's version of events, which like I mean he was right, but like I'm not hilarious by the way. Hilarious that he was right. Yeah, we're not giving any credit. He like he popped out of the ground like a -a whack-a-mole with like I have receipts and then everyone's just like hitting him with the hammer like you get out of (laughs) here like shoo but like we kept the receipts because um he's right we are in a receipts based culture like you can't really even when the the delivery man is not correct Mm -hmm. the receipts are and that's an indisputable yeah. fact like i mean when you come with video it's kind of hard to ignore the video and when it's so obvious it's like not even it's not even coded language at no all. like we i mean we we talked about the nanny situation with audrey but like i cannot get over how much of a paper trail this couple has left with them it's like hilarious videos emails text messages and somehow we're seeing them like it is like it is her emails. <laughs> how are you? Not, how is your PR person this bad at their job? Oh, if I were their PR person, I would be shaking and crying every day of my life. Like, yeah, I'd be the flights to Ecuador. Yeah, <laughs> like, like you need to get me into like I need asylum. Like, someone needs to come get me, airlift me out of here. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Has there has there been a worse PR quarter for anyone? than like olivia wilde in recent in like recent in recent I, I, I honestly can't i can't think of i can't think of much <laughs> yeah the world, right you know a lot of the commentary or a lot of the coverage has a very like anti-olivia slant which like sure she's done a lot of like i think she has now lied publicly twice in very weird ways um which you what sh- you are not great for credibility but like yeah. i also don't think she's like fully at fault for a lot of this either and i think like if a man like i mean we saw like with chris and stewart and the director like chris and stewart's the one who got all the like press for yeah for cheating not the director guy and like obviously one of them is way more famous but the snow white and the huntsman director rupert sanders when's who watched that movie who watched Not Snow I. White and the Huntsman? Not I. Not Let's I. Let's see what the IMDb score on this piece of shit. 
6.1. They made a um a sequel to it too that also No. Yeah, with um no Kristen Stewart. I think she was not in that one, but Jessica Chastain was. This nice. guy has a really weird directorial history. Oh. He like did Snow White and the Huntsman and then Ghost in the Shell, the like Scarlett Johansson oh, plays a Japanese woman movie. I thought that was um I thought that who was the guy who wrote that movie? The guy who wrote that I've never heard of the people who wrote this movie. Oh, okay. But it's based who, on I, I thought it was, um, Yeah, I'm from there. I was, um... Oh, someone's son. I forget his name. But he's got, like... He had, oh, like, very, like... Yes, I know who you're talking about. Max Landis. Max Landis. Yeah. I thought he did Max not, Landis was about that. He did not write that, but he has written a bunch of, like, other shitty action yeah. movies. Yeah, it was quite bad. And then he Dude, got, like... Guess how TV, much... So. I, yeah, oh, yeah. big time. We mm-hmm. always get into that. Yeah. Guess how much Snow White and the Huntsman netted in the box office? Like six hundred million. I mean, you're not t- terribly far off. Budget three seventy million in two thousand and twelve. I think two thousand twelve. That that is the time for like triple yeah. digit budget movies that you've never heard of. No, like, like this in Battleship. Battleship had like <laughs> just an insane budget. Yeah, um, books office, basically four four hundred million dollars. That's crazy. That's I've never even heard. For a movie I, that I haven't like heard no this movie seen. until today. Yeah, that's Chris really Helmsworth, crazy. Charlie's thirteen. Wow, I remember like the Tumblr was really big into like Charlie's Theron in that movie because like. Her costuming is very. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might have gotten an Oscar nom for costuming. Actually, that's probably probably five hundred fifty million dollars of the it budget. Did. It did. It got it got a best costume design for Colleen Atwood, who's done a lot of really cool movies. Um, nice. but the yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that I feel like really gets that. That's the only thing that's like stuck with me, and like I've yeah. definitely never seen that movie. Like, but I mean, yeah, like Kristen Stewart was sort i feel like she was in a lot of that kind of movie back then too because she was hold on i'm pulling up hers now we're she yeah, we're, we're doing wikipedia a wikipedia podcast now which is my favorite genre i'm not yeah. kidding i just lo- i i love going on wikipedia no it, it, it's so it's having so an oral quality to it is nice too oh yeah okay so maybe i was wrong she's really only there was a period from like 2008 to 2012 that she was essentially only doing twilight movies yeah and but like with a few little interesting things peppered in she was in Adventureland, which i have not seen since it came out but is a really like sweet interesting little movie uh the runaways which is a joan jett biopic Mm. and a jack kerouac adaptation called on the road that i remember she got a lot of coverage for because she went topless in it and back Ooh. then that was like a headline well i i that is the most i love that we don't get we it doesn't exist anymore after only fans like there's no. no there's no mystique about you know uh an actor you know and going i nude. think it's also just like a coverage thing too like it's not really necessarily all that interesting and like like a lot of people go topless and stuff like that. Like I think this 
notion that like YA star gets sexed up for a role or like someone who's been like a child actor for a really long time gets yeah. like sexed up for a role like that's kind of one of those like Britney tabloid era narratives that like mm. as things started getting a little bit nicer and a little bit less invasive that kind of thing went away a little bit yeah but like not until pretty recently though I feel like I was watching like when we were watching Game of Thrones like people will get headlines for being like I don't know Sophie Turner bears all and like newest episode of Game of Thrones like yes that was probably the last I think that was the last of it right because like I mean you can even see in the most recent Game of Thrones to be clear I only saw the first episode oh yeah I haven't seen any of it and I will be watching so please don't spoil you should watch it's it it just takes I'm I'm just gonna say I'm not no spoiler. I do think that they rushed the story a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. I think it in again stark con sharp contrast to older thrones where I feel like they would take their time. Um there's okay, good example of this. They have a mono they have a narrator to open up the series. Yeah. Which like old thrones Never. you get a cut in and then it's like you turn through the characters and they're like, we've got cool ass characters. You're going to, you're going to learn about the plot and where you are and what's going on just through good, clean, sharp dialogue. Now it's like, well, it's too much. We don't have enough time and you don't have enough attention span to care about this long-term. So let's just um, cut to the chase and do a narrator to get you up to speed. You know, you know, we're in Western. like, come on, you know what's going on. Yeah. And I'm sure it's like, it's been a few years since the original Game of Thrones ended. Yeah. And like there's been enough of the gap and like the sentiment of that last season was so negative oh. that people feel <clears throat> like there there is maybe this need to like reintroduce things or like if yeah. there are people for whatever reason who are watching this and not Game of Thrones like let's bring it in that way. But I did see that they're reusing the same credit sequence for both shows. Which I to be honest, to be honest, dude, I didn't even get to the credits. Wow. I I, I mean I I'm think, not gonna I think, lie, it's, I I think it starts like it. in the second episode, not the first okay. episode. But okay. like that's lazy to me. Like do another that's very lazy. Do uh, another credit. Even the law and order people, and I'm not here to disparage law and order, the best shed love law and order television, but like all of those credits are identical graphically, but they at least come up with new theme music. Yes. Yes. And the and, and the narration in the beginning. Yeah. Have you seen the new Law and Order? The um no. um no, I I need to. Oh, organized crime. Oh, I thought you were talking about the reboot because they've remade slash rebooted the original Law and Order now. I have seen a few episodes of Organized Organized Crime because I love Chris Maloney. Um oh, I don't like that show though, because oh. Well, the quality is bad, but also, like, I don't think I care about organized crime. Like, there's something about, who? okay, how am I going to phrase this that doesn't sound, like, really horrible? SVU, for whatever reason, the, the crimes being especially heinous has this perverse watchability factor mm-hmm. that keeps mm-hmm. me hooked. And I love Mariska Hargitay. I will watch her in... Yes until i'm dead um organized crime i'm like i just don't care about the crime as much and like i like 
Chris Maloney. I like the character of Benson. It just wasn't, it wasn't, I watched a few episodes and I was like, this is, this is not for me. If yeah. they do crossovers, I'll watch, which they do. Yeah, I agree. Time, but which is hilarious. They're like, we, we have, like, we got to, got to get the people. In. I actually grew up with one, the, the hacker character, the girl. Oh, hacker. yeah. 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 She went, she to, went to my church. Yeah. She went to my church growing up. I went to the same church. Um, she's an awesome person and her family's amazing. It's she's just, it's very interesting it. to see. Yeah. She's, it's a good character, right? Like, it's the, uh, the old it, it is kind of a trope though right like the girl hacker like from ncis who was oh, the yeah, character the golf the Perrette. golf girl yeah i um the comedian so julie klausner calls her the world's oldest living goth which is something i'm like <laughs> i just cannot un i've never been able to unhear that as long as i've lived like it yeah yeah, shout out to that character. That person would never ask a security clearance. No, work, oh my god, to work in, like the investigative unit of the Navy. No, you can't like, get a security clearance with a septum piercing. Like, are no, you kidding no. me? <laughs> <laughs> you can't get a security clearance. Yeah, no, that is yikes. Um, but you know, turn turn your brain off. It's great, fun stuff. I I, I used to watch. I used to watch Law and Order, like get home from school you know that would be my pre-homework yeah you know, during the doldrums of high school just like i'm gonna watch reruns of late 90s law and order and then SCU. yeah yeah then no SCU. i like I, tnt and usa were like safe havens yes. because like if everything else on tv was shit you would always have a little life raft in a law and order marathon of whatever mm-hmm. original flavor or SV like would be there. Yeah. And it's on. Yeah. It's there. And it's on it's for there. at if least had... five hours. So you can just like veg out yes. and like if you that was that that was the saving grace of being homesick when you were like actually yeah. sick in high school. It's like, well, <laughs> at least I get to watch Law and Order. <laughs> and I this is the only time in my life I'm ever gonna say this. I would like to shout out spike tv because they also had csi reruns and that was very important um very very important uh, tv it's my it's, it's a it's inspired one of my favorite group chat names uh yeah. the guy's choice awards so <laughs> me and some of my friends have i don't know if you remember spike tv had a literal do, yeah. guy's choice awards um which we've appro- we've since appropriated because it obviously does not exist anymore it's um, so funny that so like funny. That was a entire thing. ethos is like there's not enough tv on for men <laughs> like as if there are not six sports channels of various like cable packages like everything like everything was for men i i don't i it's just it really boggles the mind i know they've rebranded to like paramount tv and that's what yellowstone is on now so like i'm about to get into yellowstone though i'll do it i've heard great things about yellowstone i'm a big i'm gonna be yellowstone stan i think that's gonna be my my winter look when don't want to go outside although it's already pretty horrible in chicago right now yeah i don't need walking home from schools no Uh, okay we've really drifted away from the central topic but crazily (laughs) enough i do think it's time to move on to our final segment actually i think we've we've done enough we we've beaten around the bush enough let's (laughs) robert pattinson is good let's talk about law and order (laughs) yeah like that's but like i will say this though law and order 
back in the day they used to get the big guest stars there was an episode from the late 90s that julia roberts is on i could see a world in which robert pattinson goes on a procedural in a stunty guest role spot because he is a weirdo we didn't even get into that he has like a history of being just like a weirdo and like a, a strange person yeah <laughs> yes yes i like, remember was... his pasta oh no dude t- remind me okay so his pasta he lied in an interview that he makes this like insane pasta called like pasta cuccinelli that is microwaved spaghetti cheese tomato sauce and sugar shut up that's not and then he he revealed though later that he does not eat that and that he was just lying for a story and he has a history of going on talk shows and like making up stuff like that he like witnessed a clown have a heart attack at a birthday party like he's a weird dude a weird liar do not put him on any late night shows yeah he he's got a couple uh yeah he he, that's a little sus he's got some sus behavior it's a little it's a little sus but i could see him doing like well i don't know i think it'd be good in tv in general like i mean anyone can do an hbo miniseries these days but like i would watch a robert pattinson tv show whatever that looks like um yep okay i'm on my computer no all good i think we introduce to... the next segment <laughs> yeah so we're gonna play tear the community apart uh the rules here are very simple i've picked two songs and you're going to tell me which one is better all right it's the well maybe not actually this might not be that easy I'm going to so, be honest, I'm the worst at music musical trivia, so... There's no trivia know, please here. Oh, there's great. no trivia here. Um, I, I gave you a softball in terms of things that I know you will know, but potentially you might strike out because okay. I, I can't... Okay, I, I'm, the Robitussin is like too much for me to continue that metaphor. Two songs here are very hard to pick. These are both classics of late 1970s yacht rock from duos i think musical duos um they are classics some might call them golden oldies i wouldn't i would call them timeless elegant staples of a radio station and maybe even um uh like a really annoying romantic comedy soundtrack love that still good which song is better you make my dreams come true by Hall and Oates, or what a fool believes by the Doobie Brothers. Oh, I gotta go with what a fool believes. One hundred percent. That's the correct. I don't get to play this game, but like that is the correct answer. So Michael McDonald, here. Michael McDonald's vocals wreck me. Yeah, absolutely destroy my whole shit. He is the man. He can do no wrong. He's also woke as hell, which is which is a nice yeah. fun fact. Um, but he is one of those guys where it's like, wow, that's like, who? What does this guy look like? He is he's really jamming, and then he's just like, looks like your dad. Yeah, no, he just looks I, like, like your dad. The the visual disconnect between like the the sound, the look, the cool factor, mm-hmm. and what he actually looks like. What should be like? He looks like a cool, fun dude. I bet back he in the seventies, like that dad. guy was like absolutely oh. a down ass bitch in ways oh. that like we can only speculate about. And to this day, I mean, he seems like fun and cool 
Great head he of hair like still. Jesus. Yeah, great head. He's he no plugs. No plugs required. No plugs required. I mean, like I'm looking at old pictures of him, and he does look kind of like um. And I mean this in a nice way. He looks like a sexy, the sexy guy, cocaine man. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Um. Damn. Yeah. Everyone he, in the, everyone in the seventies just happened to have like my color, like jet black hair. I don't know what what, what what's wrong with the, you know, maybe maybe I've got very recessive genes, but uh, that seems like that's that's kind of fallen out. The jet black. Yeah, I don't know. Where did that go? And also, like, I just don't know how many... Like, we both have nice heads of hair. We both do. I I feel like people were growing more hair back then. How Mm -hmm. did that... But, like, not in a way that, like, pursuit people were, like, in. Like, that's not what I mean here. Like, Like, I think maybe there's something in the water supply. Maybe it's the chemtrails. Like, people... Have thin hair these days compared to what they did in the seventies. Like got this, low this guy, T and less hair. What the hell is going on? I think if you tried to run your fingers through this guy's hair, it would be like punching a brick wall. Yeah, positive, yeah. non-derogatory. It would be like shoving your shoving your hair into like a shag, like a like a knotted shag carpet. Yeah, like a shag carpet that has been around since like Ozymandias was king. Like yes. a, a yak. Run. yes yes so like a polar bear like like something that's been layered no but point being what a fool believes absolute banger um really really shows off michael mcdonald's like everything um, that's good vocal acumen him. whatever yeah. everything is good about him good instrumentals he just rocks i yeah. he, I, I dewey brothers are great like i said he can't do any wrong and that's a good example of the wrong that he cannot do I want to give a shout out. I do like um, You Make My Dreams Come True. I do think yes. it has sort of been, it's one of those songs that's been like memefied almost into mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I mean, like I can't hear it without thinking of like 500 Days of Summer. Um, not necessarily a positive thing. Like I, I just, I think it's it's become this easy shorthand for a lot of creative types to what am I trying to say? It's a montage song. That's what it is. It's a yes. montage song. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a how do we establish that two characters fell in love when they yeah. were butting heads for the first act. Now we're and, going to the, the middle of the yeah, second. Yeah, we're, we're like skipping around. Like the, it's, um, I mean, there are a lot of like songs from the 80s and the late 70s that are like that. They're like taking care of business. Like that's montage song. Like, um, I want that good time rock and roll, whatever the risky business song is, montage song. Yes. Like it's all yes. like footloose, even though like it's not, it's like about dancing and yeah. um, people uh, being footloose and stuff. Like that's a montage song. Yeah. It's, it, it is the, what, what I think is very funny about songs like that is those movies, like it, it's, th- these are all like super PG song, right? Like you could play them to your, your five-year-old and like, I'd say, oh, this is like what love is, you yeah. know. Um, so that's nice, but like, then they're the product of like some of the most coked out people you've ever met, oh, yeah. and then like the movies that the, that you see them in, it's just like a, uh, you know, it, it's just like a product of like early '80s, '90s, just like coked out executive producers just having the time of their life making films that rock and kick ass. It just yeah. 
All right, we, we gotta get we gotta get to the fun part. Fuck fuck all this. Like we're we're getting straight to the fun part. Like we're gonna we're gonna just put a montage and they fell in love and they're gonna fall out of love and they're gonna figure it out. But we and gotta all, do the, get in love. No one cares about this. Only cares about the breakup. Let's break it. And all the music is so like soft and pillowy and like I I it does not sound like coke music. Let's say like no, if you not at all. And I don't know if Michael McDonald is has done cocaine in his life or whatever. But if you told me that what a fool believes was made by a cokehead, I absolutely would not believe you in a million years. Like it's too yeah silky too smooth. soulful. It's too silky yeah. smooth. You're right. I'm like where you're what, right. What, what, yeah. We love Michael McDonald. We we love you so much. Oh my God, co-written by him. Kenny Loggins. No wonder I love mm. the song so much. Yep. I love yep. Kenny Loggins. Oh my God, I love Kenny Loggins. Um, and thank God he's still alive. Yeah, I always... a hero. He's still making music. He, he yeah, released no. a, a new song uh, with... Um... He released a new song fairly recently. I uh, mixed him up with Kenny, um, the Kenny, Kenny Rogers. Yes. Uh, who just died all the time because yeah. the last name sounds similar. Um, but I'm happy to know that Kenny Loggins is not only still with us, but still um, thriving and appearing in the new GTA. That's fun. Um, <laughs> good for him. Well, Charlie, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Drew. Well, your allyship been has been appreciated, <laughs> noted. And hopefully celebrated by members of the podcast listening community. Now, Audrey came on earlier this week and talked a little bit about UC3P, but I would love for you to give a sneak peek for people um, of upcoming programming, potentially. Absolutely. Yeah, we got a couple of things coming up. Um, uh, Greenwood interviewed um, a head of a watchdog group, uh, Pogo, um, the well, uh, just listen. It's on the forum. A new forum episode's coming out um, with uh, with Graham interviewing, you know, a, a watchdog for uh, government affairs. That's really exciting. Um, but beyond that, new podcast coming down the pipe. We've got uh, Cole uh, Cole Von Glan is running a new podcast on data privacy and data mm-hmm. security. Um, I'm myself and. Um, Marissa Jones are working on a podcast called Ripple Effect, where Ooh. we're taking kind of a systems theory approach to like complex, you know, issues that the you know that we're facing. Uh, so, for example, you know, the ripple effects of NAFTA uh, leading to drop in corn prices that leads to subsistence farmers losing their jobs in Mexico and seeking employment wherever they can, i.e., through illegal immigration coming to America. So, like the ripple effects of stuff like that. What are yeah. the you know, system systematic approaches to problems. Uh, formats can be fun. One person is going to do all the research. The other person is just going to be an active listener and, and asking questions, and then we'll rotate. So, be a nice chance to learn stuff and do new things. We lo- love that. People on yeah. this podcast love Marissa from her episode a few She's months great. ago. So, people need to, yeah, go everyone check that out when it comes out. Um, yep. And where can people find you on social media if you would like to be found? I'm all my, uh, all my social media faces are the same at CeeLo Green, like the uh, rat, like the singer songwriter, uh, uh-huh. maybe the first guy to ever be tooed. So that was unfortunate, but I'm yeah. holding on to that IP. Uh, so it's, C- it's not spelled C-E- the same, not spelled the same C E E L O W E green, like yeah. the color uh, on Instagram, Twitter, whatnot. Um, 
give me a follow. I'm I'm uh, I'm always down for <laughs> for new people to look at my bad takes. Yeah. Um, and same here. You can find me on Twitter at fkpigs with a Z on Instagram at Drew Haskins with Z's. One of these days, I will make those two things align, but not today. Um, and you can follow at Crisis Twink Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and make sure to listen to Girls Room. This episode is coming out on Friday. Um, listen to Girls Room on Wednesday, October 26th. Um, Julia Gray and I will be back on Spotify Live with extra special guest Caitlin Tiffany of The Atlantic to talk the first two episodes of season two of Girls, aka the Donald Glover episodes, aka the worst episodes of Girls. So, like, uh, get jazzed for that. And um, until next week with another very special episode of Crisis Room featuring two fan faves. Okay, bye everyone. Like what you just heard? Go to the show notes and whatever podcast app you're listening to this on and click the donation link.